from Corner to Corner proudly presents the Mount Rushmore's of Wrestling, where we talk about heels, faces, tag teams, and many things more. Here are your hosts, Sean Kuyper and Neil Payne. And welcome back to another episode of Mount Rushmore of Wrestling and more top 10. Man, it didn't seem like we were ever going to get here. Right? I don't know, though. It seemed like it went so fast. It's kind of weird. It was just because we recorded four episodes in one day. Uh, is that what it was? I think so. <laughs> Which you can probably tell by my raspy voice on those episodes. I had a guest co-host during those episodes. Yeah, yeah. Me and Optimus Prime. <laughs> right. So, well, you know, if we haven't drawn a motion by the time we get to the top ten, I bet we're going to draw some emotion now. I would agree. I mean, I think that our listeners are probably, they probably have figured out who's in our top 10 at this point. Well, if they're, if you would think right now, Rock being in the, out of the top 10, you know, drew a little bit of emotion, which we knew it would, you know, so, because a lot of people think, well, I mean, I mean, since we want to talk about it, The Undertaker has The Rock on his Mount Rushmore. The Rock it doesn't have himself on his own Mount Rushmore. <laughs> right. So, so I mean, that, that just shows you how, you know, how volatile this can be. And by the way, I'm tired of you professional wrestlers using my gimmick, my, my show, Without giving me some kickback off of it, okay? So if right. you're at least going to give your Mount Rushmore, tag from corner to corner, all right. right? Right. I mean, I don't think it's asking too much. Rock only has 400 billion followers on all of his social media. Come on, Rock. Cut me a little bit, man. Come on. Right. Give me a little bit of that. For sure. For sure. So um, so t- today we're going to do 6 through 10, and, uh, and then next week will be our official Mount Rushmore plus one. <laughs> and I'd say today, uh, once we're done today, people are going to know who the top five are. It's just going to be a matter of what the order is. So yeah. so speaking of order, do you, uh, you want to kick it off? I mean, I think I've <laughs> kicked off every single one of these. <laughs> so why should we change things that, now? That, that, that's not true. Because there has been some that you one, at least one or two. One, you know, I think there's more than that. I think you're wrong. Well, I tell you what. I'll, well, the thing. No, 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 is, no, no. If you go first, you get to cover three of them, and you're, but you know, you're, you're the one that's so full of this knowledge. No, 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 no. So why should we? Why should we change things up now? I always go first. <laughs> Adam Muncy knows that that I always go first. <laughs> well, I mean. And listen, I was taught at a young age that we should respect <laughs> our elders. And since you're considerably older than me, I will indeed go first. Apparently you think I'm way older than what I actually am. I mean, because you turned 14 in 76. I was one in 76. Yeah, there's a one in 14. I don't know if you know that or not. Numbers are hard sometimes. <laughs> All right. Starting out, our top 10 at number 10. Is Mr. 
Stephanie McMahon Helmsley himself, the King of Kings, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, Triple H coming in at number 10. Man, you think about Triple H. This dude has literally done everything in the business. Not only has he done everything, he also has a fantastic mind. He was running a fantastic product with NXT <laughs> until they pulled the rug out from underneath of him. Yeah. He is so good. He's so good in the ring. He never, I mean, there are very few matches that I can think of that Triple H was involved in that weren't good matches. He can do any and all things. You know, he always kind of gets a bad rap for, you know, well, well, he married into the, like, he, he, he married Stephanie and that. No, he got title runs because he's good. Right. He's in the main event segment because he's good. Exactly. His career could have, I mean, he could have looked at the curtain call and the punishment that he received from that as a, well, forget this, I didn't even do anything. And they're punishing me. But no, he dealt with it. He 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 did the, the goofy matches that they had him involved in. He took he had the time away from TV. But this guy, every time he was involved in a match, it was a big match. And he is he is one of the greatest of all time. Future Hall of Famer. Leader of DX, leader of the authority, number 10, Triple H. I mean, that's a power-packed way to start off the 10. Yeah. You know, I was looking at this list, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how many times did we change (laughs) these guys around? I mean, they moved up and down that list several different times. Yeah. But, you know, you can't have a top 10 without him on it. And a lot of people would argue that he's a top five guy. There's a lot of people that argue that he's not in the top ten. That's true. And that's okay. It's our list. If you want to put him outside the top ten, you create your own list. <laughs> right. Right. So, coming in at number nine, this guy is still doing great work today. It's none other than Y2J, Chris Jericho. Nice. And he started out in the WCW in the Cruiserweight. He was awesome there when he got TV time. But, man, when he came to the WWE, when he made his debut, his vignettes leading up to that, because that was right around the time that we had, you know, why the actual Y2K when they thought the whole world was going to shut down because of the computers. And WWE fed off of that. Mm -hmm. And he shows up and debuts in the ring against The Rock. Opposite The Rock. Man, I don't know how much more over you can get. Or, you know, I won't say over, but like the rub, the pat on the back, the we think big things of you when your very first opponent is The Rock. Right. He was the first ever undisputed champion. He was. And he beat, uh, what, Stone Cold and... The Rock. The Rock, right? I mean, come on. And he consistently reinvents himself mm-hmm. 
to stay fresh. The man took a clipboard and an ink pen and turned it into media gold. You just made the list. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's today one of the most used gifts that is out there. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around and leaves the WWE, goes to New Japan, recreates himself over there. The pain maker. And then turns around and comes to AEW when they get first going and get created and is the first ever AEW world champion. Mm-hmm. He's got one of the most popular entrance songs ever to the point that we've talked about this before when he had the matches against uh, MJF, he wasn't allowed to play his song and he come out and the whole freaking crowd sang it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's pretty daggone good. Has his own crews. Right. Right. Lead singer of his own band. He, he epitomizes the wrestler understanding what society gives him and how to maximize his value. Mm-hmm. And and not to mention, runs a pretty successful podcast. Too. Right, right. So, I don't know when he sleeps. <laughs> Maybe the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's 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 up there. Right. But ne- was one of those guys that also didn't need a title. Was really good with a title. Right. But in terms of performer... There aren't many better. Obviously, we think there's only eight better than Chris Jericho. Right. Right. So, coming in at number nine, Chris Jericho. Nice. Chris Jericho, Triple H. That's a strong start to the show. Yeah. Coming in at number eight is Mr. Heiner's white brand himself, the excellence of execution. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, Brett. Hitman Hart. I don't know why I just did that. I don't know why you did that either. But I'm sitting there thinking to myself, somebody's going to be mad that he's at only number eight. I just showed more emotion than Bret Hart <laughs> ever did in his whole entire career. Okay? But Bret Hart, who was pigeonholed at the start of his career as a tag team wrestler, got a chance, Intercontinental Gold, Mr. Perfect, Roddy Piper helped put him on the map as a singles wrestler. Got a chance in 92 to be the world champion. In a time when Vince McMahon only let big men be world champion, he put the world title on Bret Hart's back. Bret Hart has a, and you talk about performance, this guy has a way to make it look like he is absolutely getting his tail kicked. And somehow, he always pulls it out. He had some of the most classic matches involved in some of the most impactful storylines and moments. And that's all before he left WWF. Right. Of course, he goes to WCW. And you and I both agree, he never really... Felt like he belonged. He had success in WCW. Yeah. He, he, he was a multi-time world champion. His best days, ob- I mean, ultimately came in his run in WWF. Yeah. I mean, you go look at some of his tag team work, fantastic. I mean, Jim Jim Nyhart was okay. It was, it was Brett that carried that. 
and everybody knows it. And, and it's generally that way in it tag is. teams. There's one guy that's really good, and there's the other guy that just, you know, but, along. But we're so fortunate that we got to see Brett not be pigeonholed as a tag team wrestler. We got to see Brett go out on his own and be a singles wrestler. I feel so fortunate to basically get to watch Brett change from tag team to singles wrestler to main event superstar. He's so good in the ring. I mean, he's carried matches by himself. He is a ring tact, uh, technician and tactician to the max. Definitely one of these guys that you don't realize how good he was until now we go back and watch some of his stuff and you're like, my goodness, Bret Hart was so good. Yeah, I'm convinced that mid-90s Bret Hart could be in the ring with me and he would make me look like a legitimate competitor. <laughs> right. He's so good. Yeah. And I know that people may disagree with this because, I mean, I've called the man white bread. Okay. Plain white bread. Plain white bread. Which is where the whole Hunters thing got started. That <clears throat> doesn't take away what he does in the ring. Right. And the performances that he put on. Your reference to plain white bread was is the fact that he wasn't over, he wasn't flashy, he wasn't bright lights and superstar. He was just a guy that came to the ring and wrestled really good. And 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 was the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be. I mean, I compare it. He was the Tim Duncan of professional wrestling. Tim Duncan's not flashy. Maybe the greatest power forward of all time. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart, not flashy. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Right. So, coming in, number eight, Bret Hitman Hart. <laughs> you are showing that emotion again. <laughs> well. I'll see your Brett, the Hitman Hart. And I'll say this. Oh, yeah, the cream rises to the top, baby. Me and Mrs. Elizabeth, all oh, we all belong here in the top ten, baby. <laughs> that was really bad. Yeah, I know it was. Like, I don't know. I know where you were going with the start, but it, it took a hard left. <laughs> I don't. Hey. I'm a better Dusty Rhodes guy than I am a, a macho man. But, anyways, number seven. It's Ma- not macho man. It's Russ. <laughs> it's macho man Randy Savage. Oh, shoot. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the macho man on this, on this show. How attention to... To detail, he was, right? I mean, it meant a lot to him to be perfect in the ring. He wanted to know exactly how the story was going to go, how the match was going to go. Once he found, you know, we've seen documentaries and stuff. Once he found the Macho Man gimmick in the voice, he never went back, Mm -mm. right? He, he was always the macho man. Mm-hmm. And that was a challenge for his first wife and first marriage and stuff like that. And 
even with Elizabeth and stuff, because he lived the character 24-7. And he was bigger than life. And he was in the time where he was with Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior. He was just as big a star as him. We've talked about this before. My favorite WrestleMania of all time is WrestleMania Four, where they had the tournament for the World World Wrestling Federation tournament or title, and he won that. I mean, and it was not like the modern day tournaments where two rounds are on Raw and SmackDown. No, he wrestled three or four times. Yeah, it was four. It, it was I, I think it was eight wrestlers, and they did the entire tournament. On the card. Right. You know, so I mean, he legit wrestled three or four times on that card. Right. And won the title. And, uh, which is the, to me, the way a tournament is supposed to happen. Right. On a pay per view. Right. Now we don't do tournaments because the whole point of the tournament is you're tired and you're broken and you're trying to fight yourself through it. And, I think that's why I like WrestleMania four so much is because it it did give a true aspect of right. of, of an actual tournament feel. You know, I hate that Vince thought that Mach didn't have anything left in the tank right. and moved him to the announce, announce table, yeah. and he hated that. He hated it, uh, and and he did it until he had the opportunity to go to WCW. And went to WCW and still had a long, lengthy career. I mean, he was the world world champion in WCW multiple times, uh, and he was still Macho Man. Yeah, um, I wish we would have got to see Macho a little bit longer in WWF, uh, but we didn't, unfortunately. But when he was in the ring, there's not many that are better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, I mean, he just straight up left the WWF. I mean, and, but, like he didn't even report to work that night. And But Vince thought so highly of the Macho Man that he wished him well on national television. Yeah. Yeah, because Macho Man just had had made it very well known that he still thought he could wrestle. And, and he obviously could. Right. Right. He was, <clears throat> he was involved in the Hogan heel turn match. Mm-hmm. Bash of the Beach. He was. So, I mean, when we talk about, you know, the, some of the greatest ever, Macho Man definitely, definitely ranks up there towards the top. He does. So, number seven, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. I mean, we got Triple H, Jericho, Bret Hart, and Macho Man, the first four. Yeah. We're coming with some heavy hitters. Yeah, here here it comes right here, though. The next heaviest hitter that we're bringing up. This guy is synonymous with WWE. He is, in fact, Mr. WrestleMania. He had somebody take a chance on him as a kid. I'm just spitballing right now as a kid. He was a young wrestler, though, that nobody believed in. That he was looked at by promoters and said, you'll never make money. And you looked at me when I made the Mr. WrestleMania. (laughs) 
line. And I 100% said it on purpose. Because I truly think The Undertaker is Mr. WrestleMania. When you have a, a streak at WrestleMania that is your streak, that is a big deal when it ends at 21-1, and one, I don't care what they say about anybody else. You are Mr. WrestleMania. The Undertaker came in at Survivor Series. We talked about that on our Survivor Series show. All right? We talked about him being afraid that he was going to be inside the egg. But Bruce Pritchard said, I have an idea. The idea was The Undertaker. And boy, was it ever an idea. And that was during the time that it was all characters. It's all characters. Right. And and all cartoony characters. I don't know that The Undertaker could be introduced today at the same impact that it was back then. It couldn't. However, The Undertaker carried on for 30 years. 30 years. Legitimately. I mean, he literally just retired. Legitimately 30 years. Yeah. And he, you, you and I have talked, he is the greatest creation that Vince McMahon has ever had. Right. He was, he was mean Mark Callis before he came to WWF. Mm-hmm. Ole Anderson looked at him and said, nobody will ever pay to watch you wrestle. Boy, was Ole Anderson wrong. Right. They didn't pay Mean Mark Callis to wrestle. No. They, they paid or they, or they paid to watch The Undertaker wrestle. Right. And kick tail. And he could wrestle. He could wrestle. I mean, he could go. And, you know, when we had Kane on the... On, when we did Kane a couple of shows ago, we talked about how influential The Undertaker was to Kane. Right. The, the storyline and all that, but... Where the WWE gave the Undertaker a chance, the Undertaker knew what the, what they had in Kane, and 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 was influential in in him getting a chance. I mean, Andre was the boss when Andre was around. You hear wrestlers talk about mm-hmm. they called him boss. Yeah, what Andre said was gospel. Right. Then that role was filled by The Undertaker. Right. You, we heard Matt Hardy at WrestleCade talk about Wrestler's Court. Yeah. And who presided over Wrestler's Court? The Undertaker. The Undertaker. He was the judge. Triple H was dating Stephanie. Was worried about people finding out. It was The Undertaker that told him, Hey, you're all right. It's okay. Go tell Vince. And, and Triple H will tell you that. That it was The Undertaker saying, hey, I'm okay with it. I give it my stamp of approval. Go tell Vince. Right. The Undertaker. Like, when you get the stamp of approval from The Undertaker, you've made it. Yeah. He was the judge, jury, and executioner. Right. If he didn't like the way that you were handling your business, he fixed it. Right. The Undertaker, there will never be another wrestler like The Undertaker. Nope. Never. And it was really hard to keep The Undertaker out of the top five. Yep. 
It definitely was. But I guess you're going to have to tune in next week to find out why. So, Triple H at 10, Jericho at 9, Bret Hart at 8, Macho Man Randy Savage at 7, and Mean Mark Callis at number (laughs) 6. So, here we are. One more show, and our top 50 will officially be over. That'll be all she wrote. And be rolling into the new year. We are rolling into Mount Rushmore, baby. Yep. The whole, the whole premise for this entire show. It is upon us. The ultimate Mount Rushmore. Yep. So, you want to roll us out of here? I sure do. We want to thank Crouch Family Bakery. With bread claws, slinging bread daily. We want to thank Heiner's White Bread. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be in terms of white bread. And we want to give a shout out to Darren and his dashing dinners and his computer repair. Guys, we'll see you next week. Top five. Stay safe, friends. That wraps up this episode of Mount Rushmore Wrestling. Tune in each Wednesday as we discuss our Mount Rushmore of wrestling and more. Be sure to like us on our Facebook page and click us a follow on the podcast. Until next time, this is Sean. And this is Neil. Stay safe, friends.